Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You can now support Ghost Maps on Patreon and buy our official merchandise on Redbubble. Simply look for We Are Hantu or click the links in the description. Ghost Maps Entry 33 Lim Chu Kang, Singapore Maggie takes a seat across from me at a coffee shop in Tampanese and greets me with a polite hello and half smile. After we order our drinks, I try to start things off with a bit of small talk. It's something I normally do with most of the people that I speak with to help put them at ease. All I seem to get from Maggie, however, are monotonous one-word answers and curt nods. It doesn't take me long to realise that it's not shyness keeping her mum. She clearly doesn't want to talk about her experience at all. A mother of two in her late 40s, Maggie was introduced to me by Sarah, one of her colleagues at the supermarket where she works. I learned a bit of Maggie's story from Sarah, something about a sister in Lim Chu Kang Cemetery, so I try another approach. I tell her a little about my own family, hoping that I'll get her to open up. It doesn't work either. Somewhat exasperated, I decide to forego any of my other usual methods and simply ask her why she'd even agreed to meet with me. Her lips curl, twisting her barely-held-together neutrality into an annoyed expression. She lets out a... then confesses that she's here as a favour to Sarah, who'd help cover for one of her shifts at the last minute. The only reason Sarah even knows about what happened is because a few of us went for supper and drinks after a long shift. Maggie grumbles. I had too many beers and I let it slip. She sounds angry, though clearly not at Sarah or me. It was a mistake, she adds sternly, but with a slight tremor in her voice. Enough of a tremor that I know better than to respond. Instead, we sit in silence for a minute or so before she finally exhales a sigh, one heavy with the weight of a greater silence. I don't say a word. I just take out my recorder and switch it on. I want to tell her that she can start from the beginning, but eventually she does so on her own. For as long as she could remember, Maggie's family would drive to Lim Chu Kang Cemetery 
for the Qingming Festival every year at around three in the morning. Because of her father's erratic work schedule, that was the only time that they could make the trip to clean Maggie's grandparents' graves. She winces as she recalls how her parents had to drag her out of the car when she was younger. She would cry and wail, deathly afraid to visit the graves in the middle of the night. Every Qingming felt like an eternity for her. Her eyes would dart all around, she'd jump at every shadow. And even when it was finally over, she'd find it difficult to fall asleep every night for about a week after. The darkness of her unlit room reminding her too much of the cemetery at that ungodly hour. Eventually, as she grew older, Maggie didn't put up a fight and just went along with her mother and father, even though she was still a little scared. Things were different after her younger sister, Lisa, was born though. When Lisa was old enough, and cried and wailed during Qingming, their parents didn't drag her out of the car. Instead, they instructed Maggie to stay behind and keep an eye on her. In fact, their parents doted on their younger daughter in more than a few other ways that Maggie felt they never did with her. They bought Lisa new clothes when Maggie had to wear her cousin's hand-me-downs. They showered Lisa with shiny toys, while Maggie had to be content with old board games that were falling apart. Each little moment of perceived favoritism felt like a cut, and none hurt more than her starkest reminder of their parents' bias. Giving in to little Princess Lisa during Qingming. In 1990, when Maggie was 16 and Lisa was just six, Maggie decided that she'd had enough. When her parents told her to stay in the car with Lisa, she obliged, as always. But as soon as her parents were out of sight, Maggie opened the door and hopped out of the car. Her sister tried to follow, but Maggie stopped her. You leave and the ghost will catch you, Maggie said, trying to hold back a smile as tears welled up in little Princess Lisa's eyes. Maggie didn't go very far, just far enough to frighten her sister. The car was still in sight as she headed down a dirt path that was parallel to the rows upon rows of graves. As she made her way a couple of meters along the path, she heard her sister start to cry. Despite her resentment, Maggie tells me, she didn't actually hate Lisa. It wasn't her sister's fault that her parents treated her the way they did. But Maggie couldn't take out her anger on her mother and father. So instead, she did so by refusing to respond to her little sister's frightened sobs. 
Maggie fought against her own fear of the cemetery at this hour by humming a nameless tune to herself as she continued down the path. But her tune was soon interrupted as her sister's fearful cries turned into a terrified shriek. Maggie spun around just in time to see a shape hidden within the darkness perched atop the car. She couldn't tell if it was human or animal, but she could hear it scratching at the roof of the vehicle, even over the sound of Lisa's screams. Maggie thought she wouldn't be able to move, but something in her seemed to spur her on, pushing her forward towards the car and her little sister. As she ran, she kept her eyes on that shape, praying that it would leave Lisa alone, but also that it wouldn't instead turn its attention towards her. At first, it seemed like the shape was rocking the car, almost like it was trying to find another way in. The closer Maggie got, however, the more nebulous the shape became. When she finally reached the car, it was completely still, and it seemed like the shape was nothing more than the branch of a tree swaying in the wind, scraping against the vehicle's roof. But Maggie knew, she absolutely knew, that this hadn't been the case. She knew that there wasn't a branch hanging over the car before. She knew that she saw a shape terrorizing her sister. She knew all of this, and so did Lisa. When Maggie opened the door, she found her sister rocking back and forth in a seat, whimpering to herself. Their parents had heard Lisa's screams and came running back. In a panic, their father pushed Maggie aside to get a closer look at his youngest daughter, while their mother shook Maggie and asked her what had happened. Maggie stammered, unintelligibly, unable to find the words to explain. Their father packed all of them into the car and quickly maneuvered out of the cemetery. When they turned onto the long, lonely main road that would take them home, Maggie caught a glimpse of what at first seemed like an empty bus stop. But as the car sped away, and the street lights seemed to almost shift. She saw it. A shadow perched atop one of the bus stop seats. She remained silent for the entire ride home. Lisa, however, remained silent for the next five years. It took a long time and help from all sorts of specialists for her to get back to 
something like normal, Maggie tells me. Then adds, but that, uh, that's a whole other story. She lets out another heavy sigh. I realize that, despite her initial protests, she really did want to talk about this. But it wasn't fear. What I had thought was an overly guarded disposition that held her back. It was shame. I try to find words of comfort, but nothing comes to mind. Creatures and spirits are one thing, but helping someone come to terms with that kind of guilt? That was something that I found a lot more difficult. If you want to discover more of Southeast Asia's other side, subscribe now and follow us on social media at We Are Hantu. You can also buy official merchandise on Redbubble and be one of our supporters on Patreon. Ghost Maps is recorded on Audio Technica mics. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.